Attention Patriots, this is the Chris Ann Hall Show. Who's going to stand up? Where are the lovers of liberty? I think that's absurd. It's ridiculous. It's unconstitutional. It's out of control. You think this is over? This isn't over. There's a liberty wave coming. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice. Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. I'm so happy to have you with me here on the show, whether you're listening to us by podcast or watching us on YouTube or even watching us on the Oath Keepers channel. We're so happy to be a part of the Oath Keepers now. Remember, we are on Roku Fire TV. We are on Apple TV and Samsung TV. If you're watching us on YouTube right now, there's the addresses through Oath Keepers channel. And every Saturday, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we give a new show called Constitutional America. Now, you can also watch Constitutional America, if you are a member at libertyfirstuniversity.com. So this is strictly open only to those who are members of libertyfirstuniversity.com or uh, have subscriptions to one of these stations for the Roku or for the Oath Keepers TV. And we've been doing some really great programming on Constitutional America. I'm hoping you're enjoying it at LibertyFirstUniversity.com as well. If you are a Liberty First University uh, member, please drop me a line and let me know what you're thinking of this programming and let us know what you think of LibertyFirstUniversity.com and we will, uh, we will definitely appreciate any feedback that you have for us. Now, JC's not with me today. Remember, we are having some audio trouble and so we have a new microphone on its way. And once it comes, I think it's supposed to be delivered today or tomorrow, JC will be back on air with us. Because I know you guys miss him. And I miss him because then I have to do all this stuff by myself. And I'm not, <laughs> not really that great at it. So I want to talk to you today about some crazy, crazy stuff. We, we have been talking this week about the uh, Florida le- or about the legislators. We've been talking about the um, the act that or the quote unquote treaty, the Mexico a U.S. Mexico Canadian treaty. We talked about that yesterday, and I just wanted to mention that it's really really important at this point in time for us to truly understand that the remedy for a treaty gone bad has to be, the most powerful remedy, has to be at the state level. Remember, the states are the ultimate check and balance on the federal government. Why? Because, number one, the states created the federal government. 
Number two, the power that the federal government has was delegated by the states, originally owned by the states, through the creation of the states by the people. Remember, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, among these life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men deriving their just power from the consent of the governed. Well, we know that the states were created through the consent of the people. Well, the federal government was created via a compact between the states. And the power that was delegated to the federal government was a power that came from the states. Now, if, this, if you're questioning these statements, questioning my assertion and these facts that I'm giving you, then you obviously haven't read my book, Sovereign Duty, and you are not a student at libertyfirstuniversity.com. And by the way, you probably haven't seen any of the shows on Oathkeeper Channel. So I want to really, really encourage you to get my book, Sovereign Duty. Sovereign Duty is not just simply an easy read. You can Anybody can read through it and understand it in just a weekend. But it, get, it lays out for you the founders' plan, their design for how the people take back control of the federal government. That is literally the most asked question I get. No matter where I go, no matter what I'm teaching, the most asked question I get is, how do we fix this federal government out of control? Now, I'm going to tell you, if we've been teaching the Constitution properly for the last 176 years, we would know the solution. That wouldn't even be a question. Well, seriously, if we've been teaching the Constitution right for the last 176 years, we wouldn't have the government that we have today. But nonetheless, we wouldn't be sitting around wondering, how do we get out of a bad treaty? What happens if Congress doesn't get us out of a bad treaty? What happens if the state's uh, senators ratify a bad treaty? What happens if the, if the president signs a bad treaty? We wouldn't be asking that question because we would know right away. And we would know from history, by the way, that we, the states, do not have to comply with an inequitable treaty. My goodness, if you know your history, if you're a student at libertyfirstuniversity.com, you already know that one of the major reasons that we went back to the delegation to create our current constitution, the more perfect union, one of the primary reasons that we decided that the Articles of Confederation were not working was because of inequitable errant treaties by the federal government. When, the, when under the Articles of Confederation, the federal government was creating errant treaties, we didn't sit around and wait for the federal government to fix their problems. The states got together and fixed it. Now, this time, we don't need to amend the Constitution to fix it when the federal government is acting outside of the Constitution and making errant treaties. We fixed that this time. What we have to do is follow the Constitution. And number two, when they refuse to follow the Constitution, we the people must recognize that our state governors, our state legislators, and our sheriffs not only have the authority, 
but have the duty to refuse to comply with a con with a with a treaty, a contract with a foreign government that is not made in pursuance to the Constitution. Remember, Article 6, Clause 2 says that treaties made under the power of this Constitution shall be the supreme law of the land. So if they're not made under the power of the Constitution, if they are made outside the power of the Constitution, a treaty that binds the people, their property, their businesses, is an, in, is, is an unconstitutional treaty. Treaties are only agreements between these United States and foreign governments. They're not supposed to be a way to circumvent the legislative process to create laws on the people. That's, that was specifically spoken about in the ratification debates and specifically discussed as not being a job of the treaties. So any treaty that imposes regulations, laws, restrictions, any kind of government action on the people, on their homes, their land, their businesses, their water, their product, whatever, is an unconstitutional treaty. They are not to bind the government, uh, the people to the government. They're to bind our governments with foreign governments as long as they're in line with the Constitution. So uh, I really think that this is such an important issue. I wanted to address that, that final point again today. I want to encourage you to go back to chrisannhall.com, listen to yesterday's show again, and make sure that you understand what a real treaty is, what a, an unconstitutional treaty is, and how we're supposed to fix it. Our states do not have to comply with unconstitutional federal acts, period. Not only do they not have to, they have a duty to not comply. That duty rests in the sole purpose of their existence being to secure the rights of the people. And if the federal government is acting outside of its boundaries, outside the delegated authority, this box that we put them in, called the Constitution. If they are acting outside of that box, it is the duty of the states who created that box to say, you have no authority here. It is not your role. And so I, I, after yesterday's show, I was just bombarded with questions about how do we fix this? What do we need to do? And I thought, well, you know, maybe I didn't articulate that well enough yesterday. So I'm going to take a few minutes to do that today. And so go back and listen to yesterday's show, fill in the details, because I need you to know that we're not stuck, that we're not simply required to comply. We have corrective remedies right here in our hands, corrective remedies to stop the federal government from imposing inequitable treaties on us. If that's not the case, then why did we even attempt to, to create this new constitution to fix that as a specific problem? Well, it is the case, and that's why we fix that problem. Speaking of fe fixing federal problems, I want to talk to you. Oh, have mercy on me, please. I want to talk to you about uh, federal spending. If you follow me on uh, social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, what have you, okay? You will know that I made a post about this debt clock 
this budget that we have had, there's not been a single president in over 60 years that has reduced spending. We had a we had a conversation yesterday with our friend Victor from Texas, and and Calvin Coolidge apparently was the last president to actually reduce deficit spending. Calvin Coolidge. Since Calvin Coolidge, every single president has, and every single Congress, because remember, it's not really the president who increases spending. It's Congress, because the House of Representatives is in charge of spending. So when we get back, I want to talk about this massive spending problem. Liberty's lobbyist Chris Ann Hall has now taken control. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com. Uh, I, -N -N -E um, I, I want to give a really big shout out to my friend Kate Daly. We are on her show every single, I am on her show every single Thursday. And I will be on her show this afternoon immediately following this broadcast. So immediately following this broadcast, you can tune in to Kate Daly Radio. And, and listen to Kate Daly and I. We have such a great, great relationship. She is an awesome, awesome patriot. And, and I think she's a great radio host. She's 10 times better than I am. So you need to go listen to her. But she has me on her show every Thursday. And I'm so excited to be part of the Kate Daly show. So that's Kate Daly Radio. Kate, Kate is K-A-T-E. Daly is D-A-L-L-E-Y. And make sure you follow Kate Daly every day as another news source. Right, turn away all of this MSNBC, this Fox News, this stuff. You need to find reliable, independent radio sources. Go to Kate Daly Radio, and she will be a, a great source of truth for you in your radio airwaves. So I want to talk to you about this spending thing that we have going on in Congress. Now, like I said, we had the debt, I had the debt clock up. You can go to usdebtclock.org and notice that we are spending every second, every single second. And now we have federal agencies have shelled out tens of millions of dollars on cars, movie cameras, and other items in, con in a contract spending spree that happens across the government at the end of every fiscal year. Let me tell you, the end of every fiscal year, okay? When JC were in, and I were in the military in the 90s, and I'm sure this was not new for them at the 90s, when we were in the military in the 90s, October came around and it was use it, or lose it. That was the mentality. If we have this money that's left over, we have got to go spend it now because we got to be at a zero balance at the end of the fiscal year 
or they won't give us the same amount of money next year. Can I tell you that if you have to go on a $500 billion spending spree so you can make sure that you get $500 billion next year, maybe that's a clue you don't need $500 billion. How do rich people get rich? Rich people get rich by, by counting, by pennies. They don't get rich by billions of dollars. They get rich by pennies. How do we get in debt? We don't get in debt by billions of dollars. We get in debt by pennies. And I'll just say it just like I said it on the uh, on social media. Every, and I will say that without exception, every single legislator that has voted in favor of current spending, a yes vote, on any continuing resolution, a yes vote on any budget, let me tell you this, is committing not only an immoral act, but an unlawful act. Immoral because, and wicked because, it is issuing a debt sentence on our children. I will gladly pay you, I will gladly pay out of your children's pockets so we can spend today. That's how that's working. Now we we finally have somebody, people talking about this, this end of the fiscal year spending. It was a joke in the military. It was funny. I think maybe because we didn't realize the the the, the consequences of these actions, just how ridiculously immoral these things really, really are. And yes, it's immoral. Not only that, it's unlawful. 95%. All right, so we'll give them the benefit of the doubt. 75% of what our Congress funds are unconstitutional, unauthorized activities. Unconstitutional, unauthorized activities. Look, I, I can't say this to you in any plainer words. The federal government was delegated limited and defined powers. Anything outside that limited and defined power is unconstitutional. The Constitution is called the supreme law of the land. Therefore, it is unlawful. As arrogant men tear up our Constitution And from every direction we cry around You can't learn the easy way, you'll learn the hard way. Chris Ann Hall, she's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here. I hope you have your Liberty First gear. Remember, Christmas is coming up. We have t-shirts. We have leggings. We have coffee mugs. We have so many cool things that are available to you at, at Chris Ann Hall store. Books and DVDs and hoodies and long-sleeve t-shirts and short-sleeve t-shirts and coffee mugs. I have my socialists suck coffee mug how many of you know 
people who have a socialist sucks coffee mug. Can you imagine bringing your socialist sucks coffee mug to work? I think that would be so freaking cool to have your socialist. It, it has these socialist leaders on the front of it. Socialist suck. And then on the back, it has keep your bloody socialism. And then it has the trail of blood left by these particular socialists in numbers on the coffee mug. Uh, do you work with a liberal who thinks that socialism is awesome? You don't have to engage them in the conversation. Just use your socialist suck coffee mug during, co during your coffee breaks or your donut breaks or whatever you take. Have it on your desk and then you will actually be able to, to make your point without having to, you know, get up in your socialist friend's face. <laughs> so I want to talk to you now about some things on the state level. I want to talk to you about this story about the crossing guard in, uh, who was fired for uh, making a statement about the local resource officer at the school. Now, Stephen Nichols is 84 years old, and he had a career with the Tisbury Police for 60 years. He served in the United States Army during the Korean War, and he was overheard by a local um, waitress complaining about the school where he is the crossing guard, complaining about the resource officer taking breaks and leaving the children unprotected. He was concerned about that. And he, he said that what he said was that while this guy is on a coffee break or whatever, his gas station break or whatever he's taking, he said somebody could come into the school and shoot up this school. Well, the waitress heard him say that. Are you ready? Because this is a red flag thing. And called the police and alerted the police that he was making a threat to shoot the children. Now, I don't know if this woman was new to town or if she didn't know anybody or if she lived under a rock. Because apparently everybody in this town knew Stephen Nichols and thought that it was absolutely ridiculous that this threat would come through. Right? The whole entire community, using common sense and learned understanding of a human being, said, Look, this guy is ridiculous. This guy is not a threat. He was a cop for 60 years. He was in the U.S. Army. He's been a crossing guard for forever. But what happens anyway? They fired him from being a crossing guard based on this one phone call. And they confiscated his guns. I mean, seriously, this guy, uh, the Tils Tisbury police chief, Mark Saleo, seized his guns owned by him. They made an agreement, by the way, that his son could actually pick up his guns. Now, his son was is a firearms dealer, so they made an agreement that his son uh, could sell some of his guns, and so they wouldn't become property of the police department. You know that's what happens nine times out of ten, right? It's just a civil asset forfeiture, 
and now because the your guns are seized they become property of the police department and they'll either they'll either um they'll either sell the guns and make the money for the police department or they'll keep them themselves for their own use. And this is just how these red flag laws work. Take guns first, ask questions later. Now you probably, if you're on social media, you probably saw this story somewhere and you probably understand what that this guy lost his guns. And this went wild and crazy all over social media. Well, here's the end of the story. So he is actually reinstated by uh, the school district and by the police department as a crossing guard. We're so sorry. We understand that Mr. Nichols was never a threat, that this was all just a misunderstanding. The town collectively made an outpouring of concern for this man and the way he's been treated, so he's been reinstated. But guess what? He still has to fight to get his guns. They actually revoked his permit to carry. This guy who was an officer for the police department for 60 stinking years, a member of fought in the Korean War, Oh, my bad. It was a mistake. We didn't really think that you were. We don't really think that you're a threat. You can go back to being a crossing guard. But now he has to fight in the legal system to get his guns back. Guilty until proven innocent. Guilty until proven innocent. How much is it going to cost him? How much is it going to cost him? Because he criticized a local police officer who he felt. So this guy wasn't just commenting off the top of his head. He worked in law enforcement for 60 years. He's commenting out of experience. If these resource officers are supposed to be here to keep our kids safe, then this guy's got to stop taking his breaks and going off and leaving off the campus and leaving these kids unguarded. Goodness gracious, the kids aren't in school for, all, for a very long time as it is. Pack a stinking lunch. Carry a lunchbox with a Coke in it, okay? If you can't go four hours without having some kind of something from the gas station or whatever you need, carry a lunchbox. So this guy criticizes the school resource officer, and now all of a sudden he has to fight to get his guns back. And now look at, this is what we need to understand. This is your state. In Florida. We have Attorney General, her name is uh, Moody, Ashley Moody, the new uh, Attorney General. She's a Democrat, but she gets a high rating from, she is backed by the NRA. Yes, she's a Democrat. She's backed by the NRA. And now she is involved in a, an illegal case called Leonard Lynch v. Florida Department of Law Enforcement where Ashley Moody, the Attorney General of Florida, is making the argument that says we don't have to show proof and we don't have to have any judicial review to deny your permits. So you file a permit for to carry a concealed weapon 
And Ashley Moody says, we can deny you, and we don't have to tell you why. We don't have to even give you any kind of review. We don't have to say anything at all. She says, the Florida Department of Law Enforcement should not be required to produce any evidence or proof that an individual is, prohibited, is a prohibited person prior to the denial of uh, your, your uh, permit. The court should just simply accept the Florida Department of Law Enforcement statement that a person is prohibited from purchasing a firearm without any evidence to prove it. This is the Florida Attorney General, mind you. Now she was a demo she's a Democrat, but that doesn't that shouldn't be an issue because the NRA loves her, right? So even a Democrat that the NRA loves should know that it's the right to keep and bear arms. It's a personal right to keep and bear arms. So uh, the Florida Department of Law Enforcement, she says, can allege that a person is prohibited from purchasing firearms, is not required to offer any evidence that the purchaser is prohibited. The FDLE has full discretion as to whether a purchase is a purchase denial is final, and the courts have no authority to require FDLE to issue a final decision even after a year. So if FDLE just simply doesn't even want to respond to your application, it can just sit in limbo forever. They don't have to tell you why. They don't have to give you any evidence. They don't have to make a decision. They can just sit on it and not even issue it. So therefore, it's not really a denial. It's just not an approval, right? It's not a denial yet. It's not approval yet either. And Florida Attorney General thinks that's okay. Woohoo! Right? Where are our Republican legislators? We have a Republican majority in Florida and a Republican majority in the, in, in the House and the Senate. We have a Republican governor. What the heck is going on here, Florida? What's going on with your NRA people? Hey, where's, hey, hey, I want some NRA leadership to contact me and tell me, please, how do you qualify people to have NRA backing? And when do you revoke their backing? Because I'm thinking, I'm reading this position by Attorney General Ashley Moody of Florida, who has NRA backing, I'm thinking that if you want to have any credibility with your backing, you ought to be revoking her, her, her backing at this point. A purchaser has an obligation to prove they are not a prohibited person, even though FDLE has offered no evidence or documentation that the individual is actually prohibited. I can't even wrap my brain around that one. That would be one of those things where JC says, you have to go to college to get that stupid. And apparently you have to go to law school to get that stupid. I'm really sad to say that Ashley Moody graduated from the same law school. Oh, I'm wearing my Florida law t-shirt today. Graduated from the same law school I did. Apparently she didn't have the same con law professor I did because otherwise she might have a clue about, you know, shall not be infringed kind of thing and due process kind of thing. But how do you impose, as the attorney general, a requirement on somebody to prove they're not prohibited when you've never even said they're prohibited? Do I have to guess that I'm a prohibited person? Is that now the standard for due process? We are guessing standard?
Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Hey, you know, we do have our being necessary to the security of the free state, the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed t-shirt at Liberty Gear. You can get it in a hoodie as the winter years come, uh, uh, the winter days come along. As our seasons change, go get your right to keep and bear arms hoodie. I would love to see a whole crew of Floridians show up in uh, A.G. Moody's office with some Liberty First gear about the right to keep and bear arms, because this is just absolute insanity. How do you even wrap your brain around this? Let me read this. I want to read the last one to you again. A purchaser, now this is her legal assertion to the court. A purchaser has an obligation to prove that they are not a prohibited person, even though the Florida the law, law, Department of Law Enforcement has offered no evidence or documentation that the individual is actually prohibited. I got, and then I want to read this to you. A person seeking to a, purchase a firearm. So this is not just simply a carry permit. This is also purchasing a firearm. A person seeking to purchase a firearm is similar to a criminal seeking to seal or expunge their records. I want you to hear that because apparently the Attorney General of the state of Florida with her NRA ranking says that any person who wants to buy a firearm is on the same level as a criminal trying to get rid of a criminal record. So you have a criminal record because you committed a crime, you were found guilty of that crime, and you were sentenced. And she says, someone, anyone, anyone in the state of Florida buying a firearm is the legal equivalent of somebody who has been charged, found guilty, and sentenced in a crime. Apparently, Attorney General Moody believes that there is no such thing as a law-abiding gun owner. That every gun owner is on the same level as a criminal. And that there is absolutely no right to keep and bear arms. But that the government has a right to keep you from buying and carrying and keeping arms. And due process be damned. Because nobody cares. Seriously, I, I don't I don't get where we're going with this. We also now have Florida lawmakers pushing forward something called Jamie's Law. Why am I telling you this? Not everybody's in Florida, but don't you realize Florida is the one who started this new modern trend on red flag laws? Yes, you can thank the the Florida Republicans, House, Senate, Governor, and at that time, Attorney General, all pushing red flag laws. Yeah, thank Pam Bondi for that one. All you guys who, who think that Pam Bondi is some great conservative, you need to ask the people in Florida who actually know the Constitution who can tell you that Pam Bondi was a, a non-voting Democrat before she ran as a public as Republican for an attorney general. She's a total political prostitute, and I mean that in the political sense. 
And she argued before the Supreme Court of Florida practically the same thing that Attorney General Moody is arguing, that people who carry guns ought to be automatically considered criminal. That an officer, this was Pam Bondi's argument, that an officer who thinks that someone is carrying a firearm should be able to lawfully, immediately, and automatically assume they're a criminal rather than immediately and uh, automatically assuming that they may be a law-abiding citizen carrying a permit. So you can, arrest, you can take them into custody and take their firearm from them under, you know, the officer's safety because you're carrying, you must be a criminal, according to Pam Bondi. Well, thank God the Attorney General, or um, thank God the Florida Supreme Court overturned Pam Bondi. But now we have this thing called Jamie's Law that says uh, that they're trying to push through the Florida legislature that says you have to have a background check to buy ammunition. You see, George Mason warned us that the those in power knew that the best way to enslave the people was to disarm them. But don't do it openly. You have to weaken them and let them sink gradually. We're sinking. And unfortunately, I think it's a whole lot faster than gradually these days. God bless you guys. See you next time.